Hello and good morning, folks. Welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, September 6th, 2022, day after Labor Day here in the United States. Thank you for letting me have yesterday off. Had a great time with the family. Today is now their first day of school. People have been scrambling around this morning, uh, and I'm sure we'll be scrambling around this afternoon. We start with a half day here uh, in Michigan, but uh, everybody's looking forward, I think, to seeing their friends. If maybe not looking forward so much to, you know, the homework. Uh, and things like that. So welcome all. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be back. I think I was one day off of making videos here on the internet. But I also want to welcome Kurt from Uncivil Law, who is back at home, back in his cowboy hat, no longer from Parts Unknown, released from Rob's Robot Factory. I don't know. Um, and other uh, and other places that he had been on his world tour. Kurt, how are you doing this morning? <sighs> I'm just doing great. I'm glad to be here. And yeah, I've been away from making videos for a while, too. I had a lot of stuff in the can, so I was still able to release things, but missed out on a lot of interesting stories, including some of the ones we're going to cover today Oh yes. as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Well, I know one big one that I think you're going to take a specific interest in. Uh, you mentioned while we were talking before the show started uh, that you had read this one. That's going to be about an application that maybe violates the fourth amendment things are getting real between the constitution and technology so we'll be talking about that a little bit uh the ap the associated press did a very long article on it so uh for that i basically highlighted the the substance of what the thing does and what we talk about and then we'll kind of skim the anecdotal stories they bring up because they've got a story that's like yes this is fantastic and they've got the story that says no it's not fantastic and i i don't know what that I don't know what that does for us in terms of the overall narrative, but we'll look at that as part of looking at that article. We've also got some interesting reporting uh, from the Daily Telegraph in Australia uh, about whether or not, uh, you know, Discord is the uh, gateway drug to, I, I don't even know, cocaine, mm -hmm. uh, other filth, uh, the, the loss of control of your teenager in your home. Mm -hmm. Do you have Discord on your computer? I don't know. We'll try to get some really scary language. It's 6.30 a.m. Do you know where your children are? It is. It's very much that, though. Yeah, it's 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 very much an article. It's like this. They're, ca they're calling it Discord. Yes, they're calling it Discord. <laughs> this secret app spreads filth in your child's mind. Yeah. Bobby Newport. Yeah. You got any? You do that, you, do that voice. You got any of that Discord? <laughs> it is. Discord is a gateway to Reddit. <laughs> Eventually, you find yourselves on Tumblr. You're only one step removed from 4chan. <laughs> that's, oh. that's cute. I, I do like that. I'm surprised that article has not yet been written. And if, if there's an opportunity there, Discord is the gateway drug to 4chan. Uh, the, yeah, that's, that's yeah good. exactly. Teaching your kids about servers. Yeah, no, it's all uh, it's uh, it's it's all very interesting. It's also very short. It's like just for the headline. Mm. Uh, sometimes I stumble across articles that are, are like, OK, so this is for the, the tweet or the Instagram post. And then there's like, barely anything uh, in the actual article. We just wanted to be able to shout this thing. Uh, and then, well, because we're a journalistic outlet, we, we feel obligated to, to put some kind of article on there. Uh, so like it is very, very short. That's why we're doing two today. Sometimes I try to theme up these episodes and I thought, Hey, reporting on apps, that's fun. Um, so that's what we're doing today. Otherwise, where's everybody hanging out from? Did you miss us? Did you miss me yesterday morning? Uh, I, I missed you. 
I know I, I didn't. Make- I woke up. I woke up and there was no Richard Hogue in my life, and I was sadder for it. I, people are very nice to be online. They say, oh yeah, I forgot. Hangouts isn't today. Okay, it's just all. It's all very. Oh well, I feel bad, but like it was a good thing for me to to just hang out with my kids on their last day before school. And I would love to tell you, you know, we went mountain climbing or something like that. Uh, but no, we we mostly played a game that uh, just exited early access called Ooblets. If you aren't familiar with Ooblets, it's essentially an Animal Crossing Stardew Valley Pokemon mashup with like the cutest possible characters. Uh, and I understand that's some of those words. You, you understood some of those words? Hmm. So Pokemon, you know. Yeah, that course. one I understood. So an Ooblet is like a Pokemon. You collect them and they, they go behind you. But instead of fighting, they dance battle. And sure. uh, then you have a farm, uh, like a Stardew Valley, where you grow Ooblets. While navigating the land of Oob and otherwise engaging in Oob's activities. They just love saying it. I think they were properly named because my girls very much enjoy saying Oob and Ooblet and Oogum and all the other things that they're called. So we dove deep into the world of Ooblets uh, yesterday. I don't know. Oh, wait, hold on. We do have some folks. Coral says, I love Ooblets, which is good to see. My kids love Ooblets, too. It's actually very nice uh, music. Uh, so we were able to all hang out there together without uh, losing our minds. Uh, so the music was the music is nice. And uh, yeah, I think it's a very good game and certainly aimed properly at its demographic. Of course, people that follow virtual legality, follow me here, know that it's Splatoon 3 week. Um, and so a lot of yelling of Splatoon 3. Co-Council is planning a special surprise party for the release of Splatoon 3. She's got decorations uh, we're very, very excited about it here in Hogue House. Uh, and so uh, my daughter, who seemingly died when she saw that it was going to make the summer after school started um, three months ago, is on the precipice of getting her game released. And she is pumped about it, though she says four days is too long. So, you know, hey. I understand. I've been it comes there. out on Friday. I've been there. Apple Pie with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Apple Pie, for supporting the channel. Final Fantasy XIV has an Animal Crossing farm now. Come back, Hogue. Do you know how many hours it would take me to probably get to whatever Animal Crossing farm it has? I will come back to Final Fantasy XIV. I enjoy Final Fantasy XIV. Right now, with the limited time I have, I'm primarily playing Immortality, but I just finished that complete, complete, complete. Um, So I'm going to get back into Elder Scrolls Online, which is what I'm currently doing as an mmo um otherwise i will get back to final fantasy 14 eventually i promise apple pie i promise i like a or I, I do um you need to get to the end of Endwalker for 14 to do that oh, God. I, don't, I i don't even can somebody give me an estimate of how long like it, uh, the normal person takes to get to the end of Endwalker in Final Fantasy 14 because you can you can add at least 50% onto that for me but I'm betting it's 500 hours maybe more uh Rick will dress up as a squid for the whole week I do have a squid hat mm. wear a neon squid splatoon hat um that sounds like a friday thing for me oh it is it is kind of casual friday i think it looks like leonard french i think it's it's kind of got that like the hats that he likes yeah uh, but maybe 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 uh yeah, leonard, leonard french has definitely got the hat game down that's uh yeah joshua ford i remember travis saying he had a key for the disney valley game for you have you tried it out yet oh yes we played it quite a lot 
Um, I uh, I would say that it is a quite good console interpretation of a uh, like a free to play mobile game in terms of like driving you forward and, uh, and and constantly putting something in front of you. It doesn't have any like energy mechanics or anything like that yet, uh, but it clearly could. Um, so I anticipate it's going to get some evolution, but it's it's well done. Um, and I think a lot of folks are going to like it. Uh, I think it's out today. Um, so I, I think I think you can check it out for yourself if you are interested. Um, I have uh, enjoyed it, but it didn't capture the minds of my my girls uh, this weekend as much as the Ooblets did. Um, so there, there's a little Dreamlight I mean, Valley. Could, right? Metal. Yeah, I could. No, they liked it. And uh, my favorite part about it, actually, and I think that uh, like Kingdom Hearts gets this wrong, is uh, that it uses the music um, and it uses variations like made for the game of the music from all the, the, the characters, and the lands and things like that. So it does have a I'm at Disney World or this is like the Moana jazz uh, mm. piano version uh, that I think works really, really well. And, uh, you know, other than making me play through the entirety of Let It Go, uh, I just don't think Kingdom Hearts does that uh, very well. And I think they lose some Disney magic, as it were, um, by, by doing that. So I think that Dreamlight Valley improves on that. Uh, it is, it's not Stardew. It's it's more like Animal Crossing. The, the farming is a little perfunctory. Uh, there are little things that I think they, they need to, to fix up. Good luck discovering the recipe for Ratatouille. Um, but it is, uh, it is good. It is good, which is which is nice to say because people really love that stuff, and um, I'm gonna keep playing it. So, yay, Dan Boy with the super chat. Thank you for supporting the channel, Dan Boy. The wholesome vibes around hangouts and headlines and law tubes as a whole gives me such joy. Definitely makes life a great experience. Glad to see you, Kurt. Glad to see you, Kurt. Thanks. We could see more of Kurt. I don't know if anybody noticed. There's more of Kurt's face to see now. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and in high resolution and her focus and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Dan Boy, it makes a change uh, change to find a nice place to hang online. Rolling on the floor laughing emoji. Yes, that's the idea. So we can hang out here. We can start our days together or, you know, finish your days, depending on what time zone you're in. And hopefully just be positive for the most part. Now, we do come down hard on some of the reporting uh, and some of those things. But that's the headline part. We can, we can do it still. With recognition that the reporters are people, uh, even if maybe sometimes their work output is not what we would like. Our ooblets vegetative life, I would think you raise ooblets. Ooblets are both. Ooblets can be vegetable. They can be robot. They can be, uh, I don't know what else I would call them. Little, I, I guess if they were rendered in photorealism, they'd be like little... Uh, Lovecraftian horrors, honestly, mm. uh, but uh, they're they're adorable uh, as they stand in ooblets, and they are not limited by any you know kingdom uh, of 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 animal or plant or otherwise. Uh, so definitely check it out. Uh, Sardinism says next series for the YouTube channel, Honest Headlines, in which Hogue reads articles in a dramatic voice and adds in all the translations of the messaging. It's it's just me being dramatic with these things that they're trying to say. <laughs> That Sarah says it's 4.30 a.m., currently 80 degrees outside, and supposed to reach 114 today. Yowza. Mm. This California heat wave is no joke. Breaking records left and right. Well, stay safe out there. That's heat stroke type temperatures. Yeah, so that's definitely, tough. Definitely be careful. 
Uh, good morning from New Hampshire, from Ohio, from Alabama, Phoenix, presumably Arizona. <laughs> good morning from Ohio, Baton Rouge, Pennsylvania. I'm not paying for a Murdoch rag. Yeah, see, I always do the research on these uh, newspapers, or at least I try to, if it seems like it's coming up uh, in these articles. And yep, it looks like Daily Telegraph is is part of the, the News Corp family of newspapers. I missed you too. Forgot about the holiday. I'm sorry about that. I could have put a community post up, uh, but I didn't. So my bad. Uh, morning from Washington, uh, Warsaw, Montana. Huh. I actually haven't heard of that town. I'm familiar with Warsaw, Poland. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, I'm going to get this pronunciation wrong. Hanging out in Konkayen, Thailand. Maybe close. Maybe close. Uh, upstate New York. Coming from a quieter and emptier house. Hello from France. Hello from Nevada. Missed you, Hogue. Hope you had a great Labor Day. It was really nice and special to just focus on hanging out with the kids, hanging out with uh, co-counsel, uh, and uh, enjoying each other's company uh, for the, the, the last full day of summer. It's real different in summer when the kids don't have to worry about homework. They don't have to worry about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, kids go to a tough school and, uh, they get stressed like we do. Uh, so there's, there's just a little bit less of that in the summer and that's, that's really enjoyable. Uh, but as I tell my wife and the next time you see her in the chat, you need to tell her this chat, it's going to be a great fall. Uh, you know, it's the summer is over, but that's okay. We're going to have a fantastic fall. Uh, I could never claim a fantastic winter, but you know, we'll, we'll get through it. And then back around to spring and summer and the rest, and we're going to have a great time with our kids. Um, even if they're in school for big chunks of time. So Minnesota, Roanoke, Virginia, DeKalb, Illinois, Dorset, the UK. All right. Uh, I got more talking about Ooblets here. Hey, Ooblets is, is fun. And Ooblets, I believe the reason, you know, so many people are familiar with it, I believe it was in early access for a good long time. Mm. Um, so I don't play early access games. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like those, uh, and I don't like that process. And I don't like what companies sometimes do with it and just pull out and leave you with whatever they gave you uh, at the early access point. So I wait for them to release. Um, and uh, Ooblets officially released this last week. Um, so I think that's why we have uh, different timings on some of this stuff. Sleepy from Singapore. It's Warsaw, Missouri. Oh, I'm sorry. What is what is is Montana MT? I'm sorry, Ann. Um, so uh, Missouri is M-O. I apologize. Okay, Warsaw, Missouri. Um, Missouri. I don't believe in Missouri. Well, you know, I, hey, different people can say Missouri in different accents. I'm, I got to use my my nasal Midwestern, a yeah. little bit of Chicago accent. Uh, you know, it's just it's just how I roll. Uh, Damn boy, thank you for becoming a member of the channel. I do really appreciate it. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, my class finished late. I missed the beginning. Well, first of all, these will be archived, so you can always check those out. Second of all, you didn't miss anything. We're just hanging out. We're just having fun. Um, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't announce anything. We're going to talk about a couple articles here, one of which is really long, but we're not going to cover it like the entirety. We're not going to talk about every single anecdote that they bring up. Uh, you hit pretty close with the Thai province name ring. You know what? Pretty close for brand new things I haven't seen before. I will accept. I will consider that a win. Uh, so thank you. Uh, let's see here. What else we have? 
Uh, hello, DeKalb. Rockford, Illinois here. We got, I guess it's Illini. I think is usually how I hear the, the pronunciation. I was going to say Illinoisans. I think, uh, uh, or is Illini only like graduates from the University of Illinois? And I think Illini is a reference to uh, Native American tribe, if I, I believe. Mm. Um, so, my goodness, so many questions. Hogue, will you play Grounded this month? It officially releases, right? Yes, I will check back in with Grounded. Uh, so I have Game Pass. I checked on that when it first got launched. Uh, Grounded, Kurt, if you don't know, is essentially a, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, survival crafter type game mm -hmm. um, that is on Game Pass on the Xbox and on the PC. I think it's on the PC. Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't write checks that I don't know for sure. Uh, but uh, it is coming out of early access. I want to say like the 23rd or something like that, somewhere in the middle of the month. Um, so yes, painful discourse. The answer is I will be checking out Grounded. Now, I will say the last time I was in there, my girls really, really hated the giant spiders. Um, and so, yes, when you're when you're a tiny person and you get attacked by a giant spider, it's a bit much. Uh, but they did add like an accessibility feature that turns the spiders into essentially like I don't know what you would say, like spheres, like like uh, like balls of um, nothing. Like uh, if you imagine not something in real life, but like graphics wise, if you were to just keep taking this down. So it was just like the shapes of the thing. Now, I personally find it more horrifying, <laughs> uh, but it's designed so that if you have arachnophobia, you don't have to fight a giant spider. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's nice. It's a nice little feature. Uh, Sardinism says my reason for knowing about Ooblets is a little unfortunate. There was some drama when they took an EGS deal and handed the communication really badly. Well, I knew about Ooblets for that reason too, because you probably know we did a virtual legality episode about that communication, uh, with respect to Epic taking it, um, exclusive. So yes, they did handle some of that communication badly, but they made a cool game and I can't hold, you know, corporate messaging against a small team too much. It's like it's a specific skill. You're not hiring a you know a PR crisis management firm and that kind of thing. Uh, they did bad and they were a little bit, um, yeah, standoffish. I don't know how you would say it, uh, but their game is cool and I'm glad they finally got it out. Uh, I remember seeing some other YouTubers I subscribed to playing Ooblets a while back. Glad to hear it released well. Yeah, yeah, and it also I think it released on the Switch. If you're interested in it over there, that was kind of their 1.0 uh, marker as well. <clears throat> Dan Boy says, I try my best to avoid early access games, but sometimes I falter. Yeah, so my brother, if you know Tom from Two Hugs Are Better Than One, game developer, really into all this stuff, he will constantly recommend to me early access games. I keep telling him, it's like, Tom, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. He's like, oh, but it's so cool. It's practically done, is usually what he will say to me, things like that. And uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't. I just don't do it. There are some games that are better in early access than others, but I can't remember the last time I actually deliberately did it. Sometimes I've purchased one where I didn't realize, uh, but not often. Good afternoon from Poland. Good afternoon, Poland. 420 people watching. 440 now. That's how far back I am. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I really appreciate it. I love hanging out with you. It's always a good time. It is always a good time. That's why I keep coming back. Yes. Uh, Carol's uh, a quarrel. Apologies. Oh, Hogue, I had an idea last night when I couldn't sleep. This morning show needs to be rebranded as Triple H Hangouts, Headlines, and Hats. 
people like to work in Hogue as well. So we got mm. eight all around. Uh, Illini is only for U of I folks, University of Illinois. Illinoisians, uh, Illinoisans for the rest of us. Lol. Fair enough. I will try to get that right. Uh, you know, here in Michigan, I've always preferred Michigander. I'm told that people don't like that, or at least some people don't like that, who don't have joy in their hearts and mm. want to be called Michiganians. That seems like a lot of extra work. It just seems like a lot of more work in my mouth. So it's Michigander for me. Michigander. 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 I have two EA Access games in my Steam library just because the early access game was enough for me to justify the price. Vampire Survivors and Potioncraft. Oh, I do have Potioncraft. Vampire Survivors has been fun. I've been enjoying that. Yeah, people really like that one. Is that still I mean, technically early access? Uh, I don't know. It's three bucks. I recommend it. People really like that one. And I actually, I have to see, I just said I haven't bought one in a while. I do. I have to retract. <sighs> it's with great humbleness that I must apologize to my audience for the previous uh, prevarications, misstatements, uh, and other inaccuracies that I just proffered to you all. Uh, I do have Potion Craft in my library because my wife wanted it. And I think some of you all in chat recommended it to her because my wife doesn't generally want things from Steam. Uh, so she does have Potion Craft. She says it has a lot of content in it already. So I do. I did just buy Potion Craft like a month or two ago. All right. You got me, guys. You got me. Lawyers and Dragons was great on Saturday. EDB was a hit. If you guys didn't see Lawyers and Dragons, I know you did see it, Kirk, because I got some awesome chat commentary from you. Uh, Emily I was Baker. helping. I was helping. Emily D. Baker. <laughs> uh, I thought we were going to jail for you acid-spraying crowds. Uh, Emily D. Baker uh, was our defense attorney. Uh, if you want to check out that episode, it got really wild and uh, off kilter. Uh, and it was a lot of fun this last uh, this last Saturday. Um, and uh, we're really looking forward to the next uh, you know arc in the campaign. Having a lot of fun with everybody dropping in like Kurt, like Emily. Um, and the four of us, of course, uh, have to get to saving some trees eventually, right? I mean, who knows? The next one might be we all run a potion shop. Uh, I have I have no idea what happens in this. We're under the the great care of RGM. But uh, if you are interested in it at all, there were lawyers, there were references to dragons, or at least Dragonborn, uh, in the last episode. Please do check it out. It was a ton of fun. Giant spiders talking about grounded here. Nita says that sounds like fun. Uh, it's pretty intimidating when you're actually like that size uh, to have those spiders come up on you. Um, I don't blame them for hating the spider. Using the feature makes them even scarier, though, since they are much more difficult to see. I think they're scary because they're like the old ones, right? I talked about Ooblets being like Lovecraftian horrors. It's like ah, blob monsters in the tunnels under my house is a bit much. Uh, so don't don't much care. Arachnophobia made them spooky puffballs. They are spooky, though, right? Uh, Obsidian turned the grounded spider into Hogue. Man, can you imagine if a giant me was chasing you through the tunnels and grounded? I, that, that's horrific. That's horrific. I did make a video about the Ooblets controversy. It's way back in the day, though. It's got to be a couple years old, right? I don't even know what number that would have. Are we in the? Were we only in the double digits at that point? I have no idea. That episode was the only other time I've heard about it. You all have been with me for a while. I appreciate it. <clears throat> uh, I think that was before I found your channel. I'll be going back to find it for sure. I think they messed up by being too casual. They thought they could tease their audience like friends. Nailed it. Well, you could shorten my video then, Sardinisms. You nailed it. 
<laughs> it's, it's like you can't taunt your audience on this stuff. It's it's not the right move. Next is a heist episode, says David, our GM. Joking, he also says. But is he joking about the joking? We don't know. Don't know. We don't know what's coming up next. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty interesting. LND was awesome. Definitely didn't see that one coming. We got twists. We got turns. We got action. We got drama. You can watch us, House of the Dragon, or Rings of Power. Flores and Dragons, right? Oh, yeah. Slightly, absolutely. No doubt. With a slightly smaller budget than Rings of Power. Slightly. But it's a better show. See, you're going to get me in trouble, Kurt, because I already get in trouble for this because I say Rings of Power is fine. Like, I don't I don't come across. I, I, I know there's a whole corner of YouTube that that hates it. Certainly, I like to see money on screen. They got a lot of cool visuals in that show. I don't know whether it's going to do anything with the story or, or anything like that, but I don't see. That's it. what I like to see is story. Yeah, plot, of course. Character. I'd prefer to see story as well. Those are good things. I'm invest, just saying invest in that. Rings of Power is fine-ish. I think House of Dragon now has of three episodes and is coming across a little stronger. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's just a wild fall because we, we still have we still have She-Hulk running, which I'm waiting to have finished because I just found the episodes to be sh too short before I talk about that. Then we have Rings of Power, which is clearly, you know, they spent a fortune on it, and a lot of the stuff looks like movies. Um, we have House of the Dragon, which is so close to approximating Game of Thrones in its heyday that they just took the whole damn title theme and but this placed is, this it on is, their show. This is a problem also with video games. People invest okay. too much in the visual, the CGI. They invest too much in the in the imagery and not enough in the story, the plot, the character. That's what we really care about because there's lots of games that have really crappy graphics, sometimes intentionally so. 8-bit, you know, old school throwbacks that are lots of fun. So, I mean, you can have the best CGI in the world. It just doesn't do anything, really, if the characters suck. Well, that gets into, they don't even have to suck. That gets into, like, the value proposition of The Last of Us Part 1 uh, and just moving the graphics up, like, one notch and whether that changes anything. It does um, not. It looks like it Sony doesn't. It doesn't help when you move the plot, character, and story down two notches. Well, it's part one is just the same. <laughs> so that like Last of Us part one is a good game. It and, is a good game. And they didn't change anything. So it's just them taking the old audio. I'm sorry. I thought we were comparing Last of Us part two to part one. That was no, my No, no, no. I didn't. I wasn't bringing part two in. I'm sorry. We, we have I, certain rules around I misunderstood. Here. People don't drag me into part two topics and Last Jedi topics. We try to avoid these things. Uh, they, they take the, they take the episode into a very specific corner, uh, of my mind. Uh, and so, no, I'm not bringing up last was part two. If you're interested in my thoughts on last was part two, I did make a video that was pretty popular called it can be for nothing. You could check that out on the channel. Um, otherwise, uh, no, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the re-release of part one that came out this last week. Um, okay. and I might I do a video on it because some of the UK data suggests that Sony might've uh, screwed up. Hmm. Um, so we'll see. We will see. Um, David says, I couldn't agree more, Kurt. Probably about character and story. Um, but just everything I say is gold. Everything you say. Yeah, you can just apply it liberally uh, to, to, the, uh, to the commentary from Kurt. Um, if you're too earnest about bad CGI, it doesn't work. It has to be intentional, almost ironic. Otherwise, it's just bad. See She-Hulk. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's interesting. You also have to be cognizant of what your 
your budget is, what you're going to be allowed to do. Like you can write around some of the stuff that She-Hulk was running into. Um, and again, I opted out at like three quarters of the way through the second episode. Um, I was just going to wait for it to finish the series um, before looking at it because it was just, they, they were too short. They were too slight. Um, and I, I wanted to watch, I think it's nine or 10 episodes of the season together. And I think Disney's launching their new star Wars show soon as well. So we got a lot of random stuff to watch in TV land. Hopefully at least one of them turns out good. I think it's probably going to be house of the dragon based on what I've seen so far. Um, so far. Yeah. I mean, I, it, house of the dragon is strong. I, it's not doing anything, which again is kind of problematic. You talk about plot. It's like, None of these shows. Well, early, success, early success is always an indication of 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 later success, as we learned from Lord learned from the uh, House of the Dragon uh, prequel, the Game of Thrones. Other right. Well, Game there. of Thrones died horribly in the last two seasons of its of its life. But yeah, I mean, I know J.R.R. Martin just likes killing characters, but we didn't know we wanted to kill the entire franchise. That was the ultimate move all the time. That's it. That's what was really going on. There's your retcon. Yeah, we 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 are all about killing characters unexpectedly. No one expected us to kill the entire franchise. That's just how devious we are. I got it. Yeah, Solid. well, in fact, they didn't, though, right, Kurt? Because House of the Dragon is super popular. Um, and that's... I think but that's it took a hot minute, though. Yeah. It took a hot minute between the end of Game of Thrones and House of Dragons because there was a bit of a bad taste in people's mouth. Oh, yeah. I have a bad taste in my mouth. And I only popped in to check on what they were doing with the show. And I'm, you know, staying with it. I, You know, the, the first three episodes are uh, strong-ish. I wish that they had more plot happening uh but it's it's hard because i i know the story so I, I i read this book a couple of years ago i think uh when george r, r. martin first wrote it mm. um and i there wasn't a ton of story in there other than a couple of the things that they're getting to kind of slowly um so it's i don't know i don't know how it's going to turn out long term but the first three episodes are strong um and matt smith is having a lot of fun and i've liked him since doctor who uh, so that's that's enjoyable. Um, that Sarah says, agreed. I didn't even finish this week's House of the Dragon. It was moving too slow, and I figured I'd finish it sometime this week. I actually fell asleep the first time I tried to watch episode Ooh. three. Like, it, it's that slow in the middle of, like, the woods scenes. And, like, you're just like, okay, that's fine. Great. Um, and then uh, they this do is where a, I meant that I fell asleep during Blade Runner. Yeah, it's but, so it's, okay, so it's that kind of thing. Right. So this episode has like a big sequence of like just instrumental uh, music. And it's like that'll depending there, on there, there's my hot take for you. Blade Runner is significantly overrated. Blade Runner is not overrated for its visuals. It is overrated. For it's overrated for its visuals. It is not. It's just like 2001 A Space Odyssey. It just goes on forever and it's boring and I want to die. Okay, but there's not a 2001 aesthetic. Uh, there is a Blade Runner aesthetic, right? I mean, like, that has survived the test. 2001 A Space Odyssey is massively overrated. I... Massively overrated. The parts with Hal are good. Everything else sucks, which is the overwhelming majority of the movie. <laughs> You're making enemies today, Kurt. <laughs> Somebody should be upset. I woke up and chose violence. 2001 is a, a seminal work. Uh, I, I I tend to agree on the fact that I think it's a little too esoteric. Um, 
yeah, I can't get behind you on it just sucks, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Annette Matz, so please tell us what Knox boys have done now because I'm not paying for that Murdoch paper. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. I'm going to bring it up. We're almost done with Hangouts, for, or at least the opening round of Hangouts. We're going to talk about these articles uh, in just a second. So we're going we're gonna to look at them. We're going to laugh. We're going to snidely talk about people who report on apps as if they are, uh, you know, uh, horrible, illicit drugs, um, reefer madness from mm. Discord. And, and we're going to see... We're going we're gonna to see exactly what they had to say. Before we get into an actual serious article about a serious app that we probably should be more concerned with uh, than we likely are. Uh, so don't worry about it. We will get to it. Android's dream of electric sheep. Tell it to Kurt. Tell it. Let's have a 20-minute didactic conversation about the nature of origami unicorns. What do you think? You think Kurt could go for that? Just exciting. Exciting stuff. Deckard. I am now not. a bit more of an expert on unicorns, having spent some quality time with many of them recently. That's right. Rob the Unicorn King. I like to think there's just he's just lousy with unicorns in every room of his house now. He's getting there. <laughs> uh, I agree with Kurt on both movies sucking. Ouch. But Blade Runner does look good. The Blade Runner visual aesthetic has survived the test of time and been incorporated and uh, diced up and put into everything that we enjoy from a kind but, of. I mean, the aesthetic is just film noir. Uh, no, it's not. It's it, it's the it's that cyberpunk combination of Asian Western. Uh, you know, you've got the the huge plumes of fire. You do it with the Vangelis soundtrack. Like there is a vibe that Blade Runner has that it established that people have borrowed, and I think you might be discounting because it has been so borrowed that the origin point was that, that big step out from what we'd been doing with sci-fi fantasy. Uh, but I will allow for the movie itself is dumb. <laughs> it is dumb. It is slow. I get this. I really vastly prefer Blade Runner 2049. It's one of my favorites in the last little while. I haven't uh, seen that. So maybe I should give that a shot because I'm, I'm definitely willing to say that there's a good, there, there's a good movie to be had in the idea. So I, I love Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, Denis got to make more movies after it because I think he lost I think he lost the studio like two hundred million dollars or something uh, on it because it's expensive. It's really well done. And I think me and my wife went to see it and we were the only people in the world. Um, and uh, underappreciated. Undervalued. That's a shame, but it's excellent. Um, so please do check that out. Uh, you get to see uh, what uh, uh, Jared Leto being absolutely crazy, like as if he isn't in every other. How is Blade Runner dumb? Asks Lovely Flight. I don't mean dumb as in the stuff that it's reaching for. I mean dumb in it's uh, the plot line itself. If you it's if you pacing. break down what, if you break down what Blade Runner is as a plot, just kind of chasing after the robots. Um, those scenes aren't great. Uh, the scenes where they actually have the fights aren't great. Um, so you've got like a really strong beginning and a really strong ending and much like, let's see, you want me to get in trouble much like an end game kind of thing. Uh, then, uh, you've got a strong beginning and a strong ending that people remember. Uh, but the actual movie, like the meat of it, isn't that interesting. Um, and so, it, you know, it's, it's pretty dumb, honestly. Uh, but that doesn't mean I don't like Blade Runner. I'm not Kurt here. Don't put me in this bucket. I'm not throwing 2001 and Blade Runner out to sea. Uh, but it's a little overrated for the actual plot. 
the problem of 2049 is it ruins the ambiguity of the uh, end of the original. It does not. Oh, no, it does not. 2049 does not commit to the Deckard question or what have you. I guess it ruins some of what happens after the original, uh, as you guess what's going to occur. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a great piece. I highly recommend it. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend it. A Blade Runner is a prime example of trying too hard. You can't try too hard when you're trying to make art. Come on. Uh, Leto has his own cult. Him being weird is just a given. Jared Leto is super weird in Blade Runner 2049. Kurt, you will hate Blade Runner 2049. We can't cat. We can't write these checks for Kurt. We don't know. It is an excellent movie, as Hoax said, though. You'll hate it, but it's good. Uh, I think cyberpunk aesthetic is better pulled off in animation like Ghost of the Shell and others of that sort. Surely you mean the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell. That's that's what you mean, right? Mm -hmm. No? Okay. All right. Blade Bummer. <laughs> 2049 is somber. I will say that. Uh, the ending is a bit weak. Of 2049? All right. Uh, the CGI in 2001 was terrible. The apes looked like dudes in costumes. They do. The CGI was terrible. It being non-existent. Uh, Hogue can no longer rate films. I said what I said. You can't stop me, bro. <laughs> no, no, you don't ever have to agree with what I like or what I don't like. Um, but yeah, I love 2049. I could agree on Blade Runner. 2001 has a special place in my heart, uh, but it does have slow moments and things like that. Um, Akira. Akira, yeah. I haven't watched Akira in a long time. Co-Council is back. The kids are in school. I'll take bad CGI if the story is good. Yes, absolutely. We have said this very often that special effects, CGI. Story trumps. Else, story, plot, and character trump. Yeah, I usually use Bab 5 as my example for this because even though people tell me it was state of the art, that's fine. It still looks dumpy now. Uh, the story beats out over all that. Um, 1969, there was no CGI. I thought that was the joke. That was the joke, Katie. We're on top of it. There was no CGI. Um, although we're getting close to it, you're going to have some like computer wireframe images in like the 70s. Um, but yeah, no no CGI proper. Mm. Um Let's see here. Has Hogue been watching Top Gun? You're writing checks. Your body can't cash. I'm dangerous, Shereen. I'm dangerous. Uh, and yes, I've only watched Maverick seven times since I bought it. Uh, <laughs> it makes me happy. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Blade Runner depends on what cut you're watching. Okay, Chepto, but there are like seven. So which cut should we have Kurt watch? <laughs> which cut is going to make me like actually be entertained? And make me want to watch the movie. Well, it does have Commander Adama. You get a lot of Commander Adama in certain cuts. Mm. <laughs> uh, is it really fair to judge today an old film on its special effects? It's not, but that's the point, right? Like, special effects won't. You don't need special up. effects. I think that was their entire point. Well, it won't is hold it up your show. It won't hold up your big blockbuster movie a few years from now. Um, so you better have something underneath it all. Um, and like, yeah, special effects can only go so far. Uh, Joshua Ford, obviously the best piece of media in the ghost in the shell type aesthetic is Bungie's Oni great gameplay concept, atrocious story and map design. And I love it regardless. You know, I have a funny story about Oni, uh, because I was, this is going to surprise you all. I know 
I was the video game uh, peddler uh, back in college. Oh. And I uh, had a number of people that were just like looking to get recommendations. I had everything set up in, uh, in my dorm room. Um, and one of the things I recommended was Oni. And, and I had a friend that played this, really enjoyed it, really loved it. And like got out into the world. And I get an email one day that says something along the lines of, you held out on me. I thought Oni was good. Oni is crap. And you and there's so much better stuff that Bungie made. And there's so much better stuff that video, is in video games. I was like, yeah, totally. But you really wanted to play the like the purple haired anime girl, and that that's 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 what I had. <laughs> uh, so Oni is uh, Oni's an interesting one. Uh, it does it does strive for something and and maybe miss it just a little. Bit. <laughs> I'd rather have them strive than not strive. I feel like we're in a non-striving generation. Mm. Uh, so all right, Kids okay, days. get off my lawn. Let's talk about some some articles we're we're here for ostensibly some headlines as well as mm. the hangouts we like it all uh but let's let's look at what we've got going on right now so i if you thought i was overstating this headline i was not what is discord the secret message service knocks students which i'm understood to be a place in australia australians if we have any in here you can confirm that you know where where is knox what's its population what do they make? What are their exports? What are their imports? Uh, demographic information. What What is a Knox? Um, the secret message service Knox students used to spread their filth. Oh, dear. So just based on this headline I had in my head that this is, okay, so this is probably a very specific kind of philosophical the newspaper, uh, very, very specific stance on technology and these kinds of things. And yes, it is described in like the wiki as like a conservative tabloid, I believe. I, I don't know whether it's a tabloid or not, but it's in that uh, milieu. A favorite with gamers. The secret message service is unfiltered and invite only. Teens love it because unlike Snapchat, their parents likely don't know about it. So that implies their parents likely know about Snapchat, which, you know, I'm not so sure about that premise either. <laughs> it's just funny, right? It's like, well, they might have heard Snapchat. It depends on whether it makes it into sitcom jokes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's just funny to me because tis Discord has been around for a good long time now. Uh, and Discord is used for all sorts of things, including some of like the interviews you might otherwise see me on. Um, and I hate it. Like, I don't like the Discord... Um, uh, functionality. I always forget how it works uh, when I'm in there. Um, and so it's amusing to me because I've used Discord so much uh, that it's it's treated this way. But let's see what they have to say. So they want this, they want this headline, right? Mm -hmm. I accused them earlier of basically writing an article to justify this headline mm -hmm. uh, because you'll see there's very little here. You'll also see we're running it on archive uh, because they locked it down <laughs> uh, from, uh, from anyone going after it. Even after so one of one of the things I do in terms of my process of articles is I will see a tweet, I will confirm the article, I will look through it to see if it might be valuable, and then I will bookmark it, and then I can mm -hmm. use that later on when I'm assembling these hangouts and headlines. Sure. And uh, like it it died, like you can't click through that link anymore. I was like, I'm going to find you article. I remember reading you. Okay. You the can't you can't remove it from my mind. No. The memory hole. No, I, you, you can't. You can't. And if you're going to commit this hard to this stuff, and I'm going to be skipping certain words for the Google algorithm uh, because they're really trying to push what Discord can do. Well, that's so, where I usually try to just substitute new and interesting words. Well, we'll see. Sometimes just, to some some struggle. I might, I might just pause. I might just sound like I'm uh, 
pretending to. I'll help uh, you. I'll help you rewrite. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Good Lord, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> uh, be 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 gentle with my channel. Mm. Uh, the messaging service used by students at an elite private school to share vile messages and videos is being increasingly adopted by young people because its groups are invite only and completely unknown to their parents. A cyber expert said, we can't get somebody to commit to this, okay? You don't need to anonymously source Discord sucks, all right? First of all, plenty of people will say that for you. Um, but a cyber expert said- I'll have probably say it for you if you want me to. Journalist- journalist who are you talking about what it who is the cyber expert is this somebody on the team's team is this somebody that helped buy <laughs> skype for microsoft is this you writing an internet article what what are we doing why why is there an anonymous source here there, there isn't anything any possible reason under journalistic standards you would need to be anonymous to say this okay all right we start off strong folks Discord was the platform of choice for students of Knox Grammar, Grammar School. How far does Grammar School go in Australia? I need all these questions answered, Chip. And their associates who exchanged horrific commentary, memes and images referencing very bad things that Google doesn't want us to talk about. Mm, yes. This is an app where people, especially teenagers, I don't know why especially teenagers, but okay, can secretly engage in unfiltered conversation on any topic they want. Cybercrime expert and chair of the IF. Oh my God! They could talk about any subject they want, any Whoa. topic. Oh, oh, oh my God! Whoa! They're Whoa. teens. They can't have that. Jeez. Chair of the IFW Global Private Investigator Firm, Ken Gamble said, "Do we think Ken is our original cyber expert?" Sure. Maybe. All right, Ken. He got you on the the article. We think you might be the original cyber expert. <clears throat> Let's continue. You need to have a login. It's being used by young people at an increasing rate, with some preferring it to Snapchat because their parents have no idea of its existence. Or they prefer the features. I, I mean, like, I don't know. Discord's own mission statement on the front page of its website targets school communities. <laughs> Does it? Schools are targeted. Imagine a place where you can belong to a school club, gaming group, or a worldwide art community to messages. Wait a minute, quote, that doesn't sound as nefarious as target school communities. Hold on, we gotta go. Let's see how Discord represents this. Oh my God, there's a cartoon fish. Oh my goodness. Imagine a place where you can belong to the school club, gaming group, or worldwide art community, where just you and a handful of friends can spend time together. A place that makes it easy to talk every day and hang out more often. Look at, these, look at these. Do you think these? This is not a vile fish. Look at that. Look at how happy these folks are. Wow. The the, the, the fish with the uh, straw in his mouth is creeping me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, did you not? Fishes love juice boxes, and they love to hold them in their hands. You didn't know this? Uh, no. It is known. Yeah. Now, this is the wrong way to use a game controller, folks. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with game controllers, but they they won't support your weight in general. Um, so you got to be careful. The other guy's using anything. a SNES cartridge to sit on. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it probably is. I was looking at it. I was like, is that a top of a Game Boy? I don't know. So you just you just got to be more cautious with your electronics in this. Mm. Um, but you know, teens, right? <laughs> Create an invite-only place where you belong. Discord servers are organized into topic-based channels where you can collaborate, share, and just talk about your day without clogging up a group chat. 
where hanging out is easy. Grab a seat in a voice channel when you're free. Friends in your server can see you around and instantly pop in and talk without even having to call. From few to a fandom, get any community running with moderation tools and custom member access. Give members special powers, set up private channels, and more. I find I want special powers. I find the Discord interface to be absolutely inscrutable. I, I have I have not gotten one superpower yet. <laughs> And it's reliable tech for staying close. Low latency voice and video feels like you're in the same room. Wave hello over video, watch friends stream their games, or gather up and have a drawing session with screen share. That's right. Discord is basically moving to Xbox and PlayStation as part of their like uh, their background uh, support structure. I wonder. I wonder what Mark Mori at the Daily Telegraph will have to say when that happens. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, so. Not exactly targeting, but yeah, you know, it's good to have users. Discord's chat groups are known as servers. Servers are the spaces on Discord, the website states. Now, this is journalism right here, right? This is what I meant by like, you're, you're, you're like trying to craft an article out of nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's giant pictures in like two sentences. Uh, and then they have like a bunch of these messages, which are edgelord type stuff. We'll just skip through it, but like, okay. They are made by specific communities and friend groups. The vast majority of servers are small and invitation only. Some larger servers are public. Any user can start a new server for free and invite their friends to do it. One user in the gang gang group, which included students from Knox Grammar, was so confident in the security of the platform, they insisted there was no chance teachers at the school could infiltrate it. Infiltrate it. Unless they got an invite. Yeah. Uh, Just continuously deny everything and there's nothing she can do. Furthermore, no one from our closer circle is going to rat you out, so the evidence will be circumstantial. Ooh, all right. If only given by a few people who are allied with the individual going against active gang-gang members. Yeah, it's gang-gang love. Okay. Trying to keep your stuff secret. Okay. If people are upset, they're going to tell a teacher, but frankly, she has no powers to forcibly search her device for non-school-related affairs. She most certainly cannot regulate the active server, regardless of how hard she tries. Who cares if you get reported? Just continually deny everything. There's nothing she can do. The user seems confident, too, that no other users will identify anyone in the group. There is no one in our closer circle that is going to rat you out. I, I do appreciate whole... that. I do appreciate that you don't talk to the police message. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about my day, teacher. Well, it's that's the whole article. The, the, oh, that's it. Oh, I thought that, maybe there was more. I'm no. sorry. I was I was gearing up. I was gearing up. I was no. You uh, see, okay. less than a two minute read here. Oh, less than right. a two minute read. Wow. And and Mark Mori here started his career as a cadet I, reporter. I, I on was the Daily teased. Mirror. I feel so unsatisfied. He's their crime editor. Uh huh. He's the actual editor of crime for for this uh, for this newspaper. So now I'm going to blame him for the woes of the world. So we have to point out a few things here, just in terms of like the the subject matter overall. This is a little bit like, um, you know, blaming the phone system. <laughs> on on uh you know uh, uh illicit talk uh between teenagers because you're particularly focused on teenagers i guess uh mm-hmm. in this particular article but like blaming the communication service for for the content is mostly what we try to get away from uh uh here uh and uh yeah it's it's hilarious to me because also the other part of this is the secret message service secret it has like a billion dollars in funding Right. If we go and we look, they at advertise. The, we, we go and we look at the Discord revenue and usage statistics. Uh, we have it. It's been in existence for about seven years. Um, it involves huge amounts of funding. There are almost seven million servers 
on Discord, uh, not just users. Uh, they they do equate it with the rise of esports because Discord was really sold as a video game uh, solve. It uh, accelerated from 10 million monthly active users. Can we believe that, Elon Musk? In 2016 to 45 million wow. in 2018. That's still four years ago at that number. And if we scroll down a little bit more, the current users is listed as 140 million. That is not a secret app. That's not that big a secret, no. No. 140 million people? I mean, what are you gonna, you're going to say, well, Rick, there's, there's billions of people on the planet. Sure. But yeah. when we think about secrets, you know, we can look at things like, well, how, what, is the, what is the circulation of the Daily Telegraph, right? Sydney, Australia. And if we look at circulation, we see something like 300,000, give or take. I'm being generous, the Daily Telegraph, with a readership of maybe 1.2 million, maybe. Um, so Daily Telegraph's a bigger secret than Discord, and you would not believe what they're communicating with the Daily Telegraph. Am I right, Mark? So when we look at these articles, it's just amusing to me because you get these kinds of bifurcations, right? You get these kinds of things written specifically about technology. It's one of the areas that we cover a lot here in Hangouts and Headlines because technology is frightening to people uh, and scary. And oh my God, what is this thing that basically just allows you to make private servers and talk to people? What is it? How, how can it harm us? How can it be uh, doing bad things to teenagers and whatnot? Uh, and Discord is just Discord. Uh, it's, I saw people this headline. Might, people might be engaging in speech. Well, and they might be doing things you don't like. And I get that. And I get, I get teenagers is an easy way to kind of bring this up. Um, and people go think of the children. Um, but it's, it's just the kind of thing that I think you, we should have a knee jerk reaction against in all honesty, which is like, okay, so maybe it's not a nefarious filth spreading service. It might just be a communication service. Um, and hey, it's good to know about these things. It's good to know about communication services in general. Maybe you'd like a Discord server and now you know about it. Thanks to Mark here. Don't know. Uh, but uh, it's this kind of emotional reporting that I think is often the place where you get the most um, inaccuracies, uh, right? You, you got this reporting and it doesn't actually offer anything. So this isn't strictly inaccurate as much as it's just nothing. Uh, the entire article was just here. Here's Discord. Here's a server I found, uh, and we're out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, glad. Hey, I'm glad. Mark, if it pays your bills, man. Uh, but we can talk about it here. Uh, and so, yeah. Or, or as Nicholas. And now Hoaglaw is exposing the secret. There you go. Of Discord. What is Daily Telegraph? The secret. <laughs> Publicated, circulated article the secret, factory. The secret publication of Daily Telegraph. Used to spread their filth. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean. It's only available uh, by subscription. And you got you to figure out how to archive the thing, certainly. Uh, Nicholas says, so yeah, memes, billboard quotes, that, that kind of thing. Teenagers yeah. being teenagers, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, Discord. Uh, they also do it on Twitch. They also do it on Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Facebook, probably not Facebook. It's where their mom and dad are. Um, but uh, yeah, so exactly. That's exactly what we're looking at here. And and really more fear of fear of things, right? It's a fear article. You should know they're getting into bad things over on this Discord. They didn't even spell it right. That's not how you spell Discord. My God. 
Uh, Annette says it's an attempt at moral panic by the Daily Terror. <laughs> is 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 terror one of the nicknames for the, for the uh, the newspaper? It's yeah. I assume Slack must be just as disgusting, right? You have no idea, Newt. Don't tell don't tell them about Slack. You have no idea. Don't tell them about Slack. The next, it's a series, right? It'll just be the same headline, and it'll they call be, them slackers. What is Teams? The secret Microsoft service used to spread filth. Uh, yeah, good times. Yeah, it's all communication tools. You know, it is what it is. But oh, the it, secret, yeah. the secret communication tool used by the U.S. government in its coordination yeah. efforts. Slack. Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking you know teams. What? I like that. Teams. I like that. Yeah, teams. I like that. Speaking of government efforts and using apps that maybe we should be more concerned about than Discord, uh, the AP did a giant, giant, giant article the other day on an app um, uh, that is called Fog Reveal. Mm. Um, And this app, as I understand it, we're going to look through some of the summaries here, uh, uses your advertising number right so if you don't know how all this works this actually came up a lot when we were talking about coppa uh, and the fact that youtube was just slapping numbers on anybody that came within a country mile of their site and tracking them all over the internet some of which were kids uh, and then uh, the uh, ftc was saying that us the, the channel runners uh we're going to be liable for it so th- I, we don't run youtube crazies uh, <laughs> but um uh this is a this is a number that they can apply that is technically anonymous that they can put on an app that you run specifically on your cell phone and they can um be aware of what that number is doing now Hmm. as you can imagine since it's a unique number if you could attach that number to a person well whammo bammo you've got surveillance of basically everyone on earth uh for the most part and if you are not batman uh in uh the dark knight uh, that can look mighty attractive to you if you're in the business of trying to find people. Uh, and as it happens, it has been mighty attractive to local particular police departments across the country. And that's what the AP is kind of revealing here because that, as I'm sure Kurt will have comments on as part of this discussion, uh, might have implications on that whole you're not allowed to unreasonably search and seize things from us concept. Uh, in the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution. I can't guarantee that for any of the rest of you in other jurisdictions. I'm sorry. <laughs> but at least here in the U.S., it might be a problem. Other jurisdictions may not have a Fourth Amendment. To the Fourth Amendment, yeah, or even an analog. Um, so let's take a look at this article. Tech tool offers police mass surveillance on a budget. Uh, local law enforcement agencies from suburban Southern California to rural North Carolina have been using an obscure cell phone tracking tool at times without search warrants, there's your big question mark, that gives them the power to follow people's movements months back in time, according to public records and internal emails obtained by the Associated Press. Uh, And much like we just saw from our friends in Australia reporting on Discord, some of this article, some of the jurisprudence, some of the legal landscape here isn't caught up with technology. No. Right? I jokingly referred to it as Batman, but this kind of stuff really is that kind of, wow, you can do what? <laughs> um, and we'll, we will see that. We'll also see kind of some ridiculous quotes from some like attorney generals uh, and things like that that are like, this is totally fine. Everything is great. Uh, Lucky, thank you for gifting a membership on the channel. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, police have used fog reveal to search hundreds of billions of records from 250 million mobile devices and harness the data to create location analyses known among law enforcement as patterns of life, according to thousands of pages of records about the company. Sold by Virginia-based Fog Data Science LLC, Fog Reveal has been used since at least 2018 in criminal investigations ranging from the murder of a nurse in Arkansas to tracing the movements of a potential participant in the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. The tool is rarely, if ever, mentioned in court records. That should tell you something right there. Mm. Something that defense attorneys say makes it harder for them to properly defend their clients in cases in which the technology was used. I should say... If you're clandestinely using tools and not telling you how you found out things, that makes it a touch harder to defend. The company was developed by two former high-ranking Department of Homeland Security officials under former President George W. Bush. The Homeland Security Office just keeps giving. It relies on advertising identification numbers, which FOG officials say are culled from popular cell phone apps such as Waze, which I believe is like the traffic maps app, Starbucks, and hundreds of others that target ads based on a person's movements and interests According to police emails, that information is then sold to companies like Fog. So, hello, Waze. Hello, Starbucks. Let's talk. <laughs> really? Um, so, yeah. If you aren't familiar with, well, the internet, they're always very interested in tracking you around and figuring out uh, what it is that they can sell to you better. And so they use these advertising pips. Uh, they're not, they don't have to be cookies, but they used to be cookies. You might be familiar with that term. A little bit more and they track you around everywhere um, and they use these identification numbers and they apparently sell the data from them to whomever including a company by the name of fog that then resells them in their own application to law enforcement it's sort of a mass surveillance program on a budget said bennett ciphers a special advisor at the electronic frontier foundation that's the eff we've talked about them here a digital privacy rights advocacy group and then this is this is just interesting. I just highlighted this because it's uh, wow. The story is supported by the Pulitzer Center on Crisis Reporting, and it's part of an ongoing Associated Press series track. So I don't know enough about this. This sounds like a grant funded this investigation, mm. which is interesting. I'd want to know more about who they are uh, as part of this. Certainly, uh, documents were obtained by EFF through FOIA requests. Uh, federal oversight of companies like Fog is an evolving legal landscape. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist yet. It's a no man's land. On Monday, the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, sued a data broker called Kuchava that, like Fog, provides its clients with advertising IDs that authorities say can easily be used to find where a mobile device user lives, which violates rules the commission enforces. It feels like this could be reported better. Which rules? What are we talking about here, AP? And there are bills before Congress now that, if passed, would regulate the industry. Well, if there are bills before Congress. <laughs> well, everything's all better. Oh, well, and, and Congress like, to the rescue. Enjoy. Well, this, this if passed is doing work. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, there are a lot of bills before Congress. Yeah. Local law enforcement is at the front lines of trafficking and missing persons cases. Yet, these departments are often behind in technology adoption. Matthew Broderick, a FOG managing partner, said in an email... I do believe it would be useful for the AP to say, I do believe this to be the case. Not that Matthew Broderick, just so we're clear. Somewhat famous name. We fill a gap for underfunded you don't know his life. departments. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not Ferris Bueller um, as the managing partner of Fog. 
but yes, also interesting here to note is that the fog managing partner isn't worried enough about this investigative piece to go dark, right? They're giving quotes <laughs> to the uh, to the Associated Press on this story, uh, and that's pretty wild. Uh, when you when you hear they're investigating you and they're going to present it like this, I'm not sure you give quotes, but they try to get out and defend, and the AP helps them a little bit, which is interesting. Because of the secrecy surrounding fog, however, there are scant details about its use, and most law enforcement agencies won't discuss it <laughs> Raising concerns among privacy advocates that it violates the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, helpfully linked here by the AP, which protects against. I do appreciate that. I'll give them credit because I do appreciate when people link the original. It's in legal, legal, in legal, legal articles. I I hate it when I'm reading an article about a case and there's no citation or link to the case. It's one of my my personal pet peeves. Yeah, they link to the uh, they link to the U.S. Courts page here. I'm um, talking about some of the precedents on this stuff. There you go. Cool. You, get, you get Terry searches. There you uh, go. You get, uh, you get good stuff here. Did they uh, mention Carpenter at any point in this article? If not, I'm going to have to bring it up. Carpenter? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'll discuss it now. There was yeah, a U.S. Yeah. Supreme Court case a couple years ago, Carpenter versus United States, dealing with um, getting cell phone records, cell phone data records. And the government was getting these mass dumps of cell phone location records without a warrant. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that that was a search, which was a bit unexpected in some respects because of this whole third-party doctrine. The problem was, yes, you're getting information about me, but you're not getting it from me. You're not getting it from my papers, my effects. You're getting it from you know, Verizon, AT&T, whatever, right? So the, the normal law is like, well, I wouldn't have standing. If I if a search is being conducted against Verizon, right? Verizon would have a reason to complain, but even if that data concerns me, I wouldn't have standing. Carpenter changed that. Carpenter says you do have standing, and to the you have point, personal interest in that stuff. And yeah, you have personal interest in that stuff. Thank you for thank you. I appreciate that um, for telling us what standing is because some people might not know a personal yeah. interest in it, right? Um, but says yes, you have an interest that you can defend and to the point that it leads to suppression it leads to the evidence being suppressed so this information that's being held by a third party nevertheless remains enough yours that you need a warrant and if you don't get one leads to suppression so that's carpenter dealing with cell phone data now it was by its own terms limited to that domain which to some extent makes sense because we're dealing with a new technology and we want to kind of take this piece by piece so when you see something like this and you're saying, okay, I'm going to a company like Fog. Fog acquires all this data from wherever, not necessarily from the customer directly, which would be a, a point of distinction in terms of the Verizon thing. Because to the extent Verizon would have my logs, it's because I and my cell phone was talking to Verizon's tower. Yep. So I was the one giving the data to Verizon. So there is potentially a step removed issue. So there's a problem there. But data concerning me, in some sense at least, is coming into possession of fog. And this data can be used to track me for extended periods of time. And so, well, Carpenter is your best case on point. It's the one that I'd be citing if I was trying to get the Supreme Court to say, hey, how about the Fourth Amendment here too? Sure. Nope, makes sense, Kurt. I appreciate it. Um, and I think they do reference it not by name in this article later on, that the courts have said, hey, that could be an issue. 
Um, but um, yeah, no, I think it, I think it is. I think it is an issue. <laughs> it's you. We'll see some of the explanations that the fog people bring, which is like, well, you used ways. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is this this is the this is the issue with like third party canceling, and something the founders probably couldn't have foreseen, the amount of data that you have about and you, that you can generate that's yeah. not in your like if i want to search you right and i'm i'm in 1781 well where am i gonna go i'm gonna go to your house yeah right? i mean where, where else am i gonna go right of course i'm gonna go to your house I, I i'm gonna go to i'm not gonna go to some company to look about you that doesn't even make sense so the whole third party stuff the the constitution may have not been dealt with. This is also a bit of a problem, incidentally, for someone like myself as an originalist, as a textualist, because what am I supposed to do with this problem? Because I don't particularly like the idea that these companies exist, but as an originalist, I'm not 100% sure there's anything I can do about it on a constitutional standard. So I'm in this very unfortunate position, whereas I, as hypothetical justice, might have to say, uh, this is legal, even though I really don't want it to be. Well, yeah, you have to you have to squeeze in the concept of search. Um, and yeah. so it's 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 tricky. You have to say that they have a personal interest in that. And then we'll see that the fog people say, you know, this is you do. You use the free apps. and This is what you get. Yeah. Um, so we'll that's enough we'll, constitutional law analysis for the morning. Oh, we'll see. We got more. This is the, this is this is the world's longest AP article. We're going to try to skim parts of it. Uh, what distinguishes Fog Reveal from other cell phone location technologies used by police is that it follows the devices through their advertising IDs. Unique numbers assigned to each device. These numbers do not contain the name of the phone's users, but can be traced to homes and workplaces, since that's where cell phones go, to help police establish pattern of life analyses. The capability that it had for bringing up just anybody in an area, whether they were in public or at home, seemed to me to be a very clear violation of the Fourth Amendment, said Dev Gavin Hall, a former crime data analysis supervisor for the Greensboro, North Carolina Police Department. So this is somebody that worked at the police, wound up using this tool, I believe winds up quitting over the tool. I just felt feel angry and betrayed and lied to. So this is this is the AP's Batman here, who is looking at all of the stuff that the 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 local Greensboro, North Carolina police department can gather up on people wandering by a potential mm. crime scene and says, This is I feel icky, right? Like this this feels bad. Uh, and it must, it must feel bad for anybody that's at least concerned a little bit about privacy when you just see what you can collect with this stuff. While Greensboro officials acknowledged Fogg's use and initially defended it, the police department said it allowed its subscription to expire earlier this year because it didn't independently benefit investigations. But federal, state, and local police agencies around the U.S. continue to use Fogg with very little public accountability. Local police agencies have been enticed by Fogg's affordable price. It can start as low as $7,500 a year. I have to tell you, on the enterprise software side, that is ridiculous low. That is so cheap for enterprise software. Um, that it's no wonder so many of these so many of these law enforcement agencies and otherwise have jumped on with this stuff. Uh, now, the one problem to, to raise about this is that if it's in Fogg's hands legally, there's really nothing limiting them to selling it to law enforcement. So, I mean, like, that's the next question, <laughs> uh, which is, okay, so can you sell it to me? Because now we got, we're get, we got even law tube LawTube is going to get an account. We're going to get a fog reveal uh -huh. account. Yeah. We're just going to track each other around. It'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. There, there's track there's our Hulk enemies, in. the enemies of law tube. There's Hoag sitting at his desk for another 14 hours straight. Very exciting, Hoag. Mm -hmm. 
Police departments also like how quickly they can access detailed location information from fog. Geofence warrants, which tap into GPS and other sources to track a device, are accessed by obtaining such data from companies like Google or Apple. But, hey, this requires police to obtain a warrant and ask the tech companies for the specific data they want, which can take days or weeks. It's like, if you at all are interested in privacy questions around technology, this paragraph, make your teeth great. It's like they have to go through this process where like a judge looks at it and and looks for probable cause and things. That does that does sound very inconvenient. It does. It's very inconvenient, Kurt. Using Fogs data, which the company claims is anonymized. I do like good. This is good work, AP. Uh, (laughs) uh, Police can geofence an area or search by a specific device's ad ID numbers according to a user agreement obtained by AP. You can look for the ID number. But Fog maintains that we have no way of linking signals back to a specific device uh-huh. or owner. It'll just and how, ma- and how many pieces of anonymized data do I need in order to get back to the person? Like five? Three? Yeah. <laughs> There's been studies done on this. You only need you only need a half dozen you, you only need a half dozen uh indicators to get you back to the individual person. Well, look at this. Look at this Missouri <laughs> official talking about fog in 2019. This is another good job by the AP. Despite such privacy assurances, the records show that law enforcement can use fog's data as a clue to finding identifying information. No. There is no personal information linked to the ID, wrote a Missouri official about fog in 2019. But if we are good at what we do, we should be able to figure out the owner, right? Like it's it's critical information. Fogg's Broderick said in an email that the company does not have access to people's personal information and draws from commercially available data without restrictions on use from data brokers that legitimately purchase data from apps in accordance with their legal agreements. Now, this is interesting, right? This is a this is a fourth party, right? This indicates that they know better than trying to enter into these agreements directly with Waze or Starbucks. That they're actually using a broker that goes into no, because because it, it does yeah that's that's a point from Carpenter right that's that's a distinction that is a legal distinction that's legally worth arguing about right if the problem is I can't get it from Verizon or Waze or Starbucks directly because the user themselves is the one that's creating the creating or giving the data to Starbucks how does Starbucks get the data they're getting it from me from my interactions yeah. with them directly right yeah. So, because I'm their customer, right? So that's how they're getting it. So if I'm getting it from AT&T or Verizon or Starbucks or Waze or whatever, I am the customer that is part of the creation of that. And so I have some interest in that or so Carpenter versus United States would seem to suggest, right? Carpenter versus United States, again, only deals with cell phone data by its own terms, but the logic seems to extend. Okay. But what if I'm not the customer, right? And that's why they're using the data broker, right? So it's one step removed. So now it's not me that gave the data to Starbucks that's giving it to the police. Now we have this data broker that's a, that's creating this additional step removed. And that might legally be a distinction. Now it's a distinction potentially without a difference because the police can get exactly what they were getting in the first place and perhaps even more conveniently. Because now, instead of having to go to each individual store individually, which is even more of a pain in the ass, now they can go to a single data broker, one-stop shopping. And the person they're after isn't the customer of that data broker. So there's no carpenter problem or so the argument would go. So, yeah, it makes total logical sense. They're trying to avoid this problem. You and I, I understand it. Between you I, and the customer. I understand it. I get it completely. And they're not 
and and they're not completely without merit. We are confident law enforcement has the responsible leadership, constraints, uh-huh. and political guidance at the oh, municipal, God. state, and federal level to ensure that any law enforcement tool and method is appropriately used Help in me. accordance with the laws in their respective oh, jurisdictions. Oh, no. No, that was the worst argument of all. That was just the absolute worst argument you could possibly make. I knew that would bug you, Chris. Oh, no. We are confident law enforcement has the responsible leadership not to require warrants. The whole Fourth Amendment, after all, is just a mistake. Uh, we don't need those warrants because, man, we just have responsible leadership in our law enforcement. And why, why do we need a Fourth Amendment? It is just, an, it is just a needless inhibition on our responsible leadership of our police. Wow. Okay. That's that, that, kind that, of the argument here. That was, that was great. Thanks for bringing that in my morning. This article is going to assert kind of that, in all honesty, like from the that fourth direction. Of, the Fourth Amendment was a mistake? Okay, Well, that, that, yes, it, we, it, we, we need to give them more tools to get oh, back. Oh, good. Right? Search warrants are not required for the use of the public data, he added Thursday saying that the data his product offers law enforcement is lead data and uh-huh. should not be used to establish probable cause. Uh-huh. Okay, but are they? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 may, it's, it may itself not strictly be being used, but the derivative use is, which again is also why they're trying to get around disclosing it in court, right? We didn't use the data to give probable cause. It was derivative use. Derivative what? We're not going to make particularly clear. Yeah. So this first story, which we're going to skip most of the details on just because it's such a long article, folks. Um, This first one that they use is, um, well, we use fog reveal for exigent circumstances cases. And also I'm in charge of national child protection. So we we use this to rescue kids. Uh-huh, of course, um, of course it is, right? Think of the children, right? Right. Okay. So it's it's actually kind of of the family of the Discord article that we read about before. But you don't need to worry because we use this only for. We only use it, of course. We only use it in true emergency situations, and we have responsible leadership. And what about the Fourth Amendment again? It is it is an inconvenience. Yeah, and and that's what we see here. Shared agencies access to fog to figure out which other devices were nearby at the time she was killed uh, to figure out that particular thing. Now, the weird part is, again, it's it's use is not documented in court records like they can't find it actually referenced anywhere, probably because the terms of service say exactly what our boy Matthew Broderick Ferris Bueller says above, which is you can't actually use this thing for the standards that you have to hit in court. So it's all this kind of uh fruit of the tree whether you won't think that's poisonous or not like that's it's all behind the scenes as to how you get to this information Mm. um and but the very first thing ap leads with in terms of anecdotes is um saves saves kids figures out murdered kids and things like that it's like well okay Uh, then they talk about the business model a little bit far fog has aggressively marketed its tool to police beta testing it with law enforcement's record show not that unusual when you're creating a technology company you figure out what your most likely avenue of institutional success is. For the most part, I do life sciences. So you figure out whether you want to sell the hospitals or academic research schools and things like that. Um, so it's no surprise this kind of thing is like, let's target local police departments. Let's do a beta there. Beta is probably free. We work out the kinks and then we figure out what our cost is going to be. Um, but it does mean that they're specifically focused on making all this information available to those folks. Um, uh, we got the same kind. We got to kind of go over ourselves again. Uh, gives the information the law enforcement needs to connect the dots uh, a little bit. And then we get into the broker a little. 
Uh, Ventel is a large broker that supplies location data agencies such as the Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the FBI. The Department of Homeland Security's watchdog is auditing how the offices under its control have used this commercial data that comes after some Democratic lawmakers asked it to investigate U.S. Customs and Border Protection's use of Ventel data to track people without a search warrant in 2020. So there, there are, whatever side of the political spectrum you are on, there is law enforcement that is using this and is at least worthy of a question mark uh, on all this stuff. Venetel and Fogg work closely together to aid police detectives during investigations. Their marketing brochures are nearly identical to Fogg reveals. Mm-hmm. Now that suggests an ownership share. Um, so we get we get a collapsing of of uh, Kurt's preferred potential liability uh, blockers uh, if they have shared ownership. Uh, so we'll see there. And Ventel said the confidential nature of our business relationships prevented it from responding to AP's questions. Uh huh. And Fogg would not comment on the relationship. So they try to use a data broker, but it's probably them. <laughs> the AP implies it pretty heavily uh, here, which I did think was interesting. While Fogg says in its marketing materials that it collects data from thousands of apps like Starbucks and Waze, companies are not always aware of who is using their data. So one of the things we'll see is Starbucks and Waze, I believe in this article, will um, just disclaim it all. We didn't We didn't sell this for this purpose. We didn't, what? We didn't do this. You sold it to a guy who sold it to a guy who sold it to a guy who sold it to the police? Look, that man came back in a trench coat. He opened, he popped the trunk of his car and he said, hey, you got some data? And we sold it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, not yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, prior to publication, Fogg's Broderick refused to say how the company got its data from Starbucks and Waze. And it's interesting that they keep using Starbucks and Waze specifically. You do wonder exactly where they're getting. I'm not hundred percent sure how Starbucks got into this. Waze makes a lot more sense, but I mean, I guess, I guess Starbucks people use coffee a lot. I, I guess. Well, if you're adding Fog, you can get times. Like I'm always at the Starbucks, or I'm at this Starbucks and that Starbucks. Uh-huh. Like you can start to create a what do they what do they call it a, a version of life or something like that. Mm-hmm. For their part. Starbucks and Waze denied any relationship to Fog, which is why you use a broker, which is why you use a body in the middle, uh, is so that these companies can say, we didn't, what? We didn't, we didn't sell it to that law enforcement app. They're not necessarily lying. I mean, they probably have no idea. I don't idea. think they're lying. No, they sold data. They sold data to someone who sold it to someone who sold it. It's got, amazingly, when you give information to someone, they're able to retransmit that information. And yes. so it's gotten out of control. No, and Starbucks and Waze are undoubtedly unhappy to be appearing in this article, right? Mm. Because at least on the margins, the risk is that people say, whoa, 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 what does your app do? (laughs) And I don't want to be a Starbucks customer, or at least don't want to use your app, which was collecting valuable data that they were selling. Starbucks said it had not given permission to its business partners to share customer information with Fog. That's interesting, and maybe not a lie, but probably wrong. Probably you didn't limit it in your contract, and now you're finding this out. Uh, Starbucks has not approved ad ID data generated by our app to be used in this way by Fog Data Science LC. By the way, you want to know when a lawyer's writing something? They use the full corporate legal name (laughs) of the entity. People don't do that, folks. In our review to date, we have no relationship with this company, said Megan Adams, a Starbucks spokesperson. Okay. We never had a relationship with Fog Data Science, have not worked with them in any capacity, have not shared information with them. Right. Again, that's the data broker. This is this is ways. That's that's what the broker is doing. But did you sell it to someone else? And were you really careful about your contracts? And are you violating your current data policies? We have questions. We have questions. The data's uh, there somehow. So you must be a- you must be selling it to somebody. 
And then we get a, another description of fog that is just like, this is fog. We've got another example of what, a time that it might have worked to stop a murder. Um, and then Metcalf, the Arkansas prosecutor, has argued against congressional efforts to require search warrants when using technologies like fog reveal. He believes Americans have given up any reasonable expectation of privacy when they use free apps and likens EFF's objections to tech like fog to a cult of privacy. You wanted coffee. You knew what that meant. Okay. You got coffee. You got a 10% discount once for every 30 cups. And you knew that meant that the Arkansas prosecutor could track your movements for three to six months. If you happen to walk by a location where they think a crime might've been. Committed. Hell three to you six years. <laughs> I think people are going to have to make a decision on whether we want all this free technology we want all this free stuff. We want all the selfies. How did selfies get involved? That is an outstanding question. How do selfies get involved in this on any level? <laughs> this is this is what, what you you got stood behind in line at some point with somebody with a selfie stick, and you're taking it out in the Associated Press. That's what's happening here. But we can't have that, can't we? And at the same time, say I'm a private person, so you. Why? Can't why? Look why at would any having privacy prevent us from having all these apps? Because the app makers would no longer be able to sell our data, and that would be. Bad. Honestly, I think this is the boilerplate bullet point for searching Facebook, right? Like, I think this guy isn't good enough to actually say, "Hey, I'm not talking about looking at somebody's social media posts that they voluntarily put up there," and he has said. He's got this argument. He's ready with it. He says, no, if you put that up there and you live that public life, we can look through it. That's an argument in of itself. But generally speaking, you're going to be okay looking at stuff that's public. This is not why people used Waze was to get law enforcement information. This is not why people use the Starbucks app. This is not why they use whatever other hundred apps go into the data. And to equate the two, that it must be the case that if you want a coffee discount app on your phone, you have to yield to however many months or years of background information you've handed over to law enforcement is insanity. This is one of the reasons I decided to do this article when I read it the first time. But I think mostly it's just a somewhat clunky use of what is my my file folder. If you, if you remember debate from mm. back in high school. I you do remember out, debate. I miss it very much. pull out the one folder. And you try to read something and it's about the wrong title in the Civil Rights Act, but you still make it work because you're committed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oh, you're yeah. in the quote. And I think that's what it is. I think this is actually the defense of we can look at Facebook. You put up those selfie pictures. You let us know where you are. Well, then that's your fault. And this is different. This is analytics that is used by advertisers to make those apps work that are resold to law enforcement. We're getting pretty squiggy with where I'm comfortable with these apps. And that's a legal term, folks, squiggy. You can look that up in blacks. Um, and I think that's the last thing I wanted to say here. The rest of this is just kind of going over itself in a circle. I do appreciate long-form reporting, uh, but they, they do circle themselves a little bit. You can check out more of that in the link here. That's what we've got on Fog Reveal. What did it reveal for you, Kurt? Well, it revealed for me that the police are looking to circumvent our rights, and the police don't think that we need those rights. And they promise that they're only going to use it for really, really important cases mm -hmm. and for good. So, 
Yeah, and yeah. I think historianism says here, a reasonable person living in America would not read the terms of service. That's a different problem, but yes. Of those apps and understand them to mean that you are waiving your Fourth Amendment rights. Yeah, here's here's a fundamental issue. I'm a lawyer, right? I read these things. People ask me to read these things. People ask me to review when changes are made to the Twitter terms of service. And I do, I do those kinds of things. But for the most part, it is one of the biggest legal fictions that we have that all of this paper that these companies now throw at you can possibly be read or understood, excuse me, by anyone that wants to operate like in a 2022 technological capacity, um, that they're constantly changing first and foremost, like all of these services change their terms of service once a quarter. Um, yeah. And staying up to speed on those is problematic enough, but just understanding what they even say. Um, and so I, I can imagine 50 different ways that the Starbucks app says we collect data and we might sell it to interested partners. Uh, and you're intended to believe that that relates to selling coffee to you. Um, and that it somehow winds up in the hands of the Greensboro, North Carolina Police Department. Um, right. So I, I do think that we have an issue there with what is expected of people, laypersons in general, when they're looking at apps that shouldn't have this kind of price attached to them. Right. Because I don't know that anybody would necessarily agree to the Starbucks app um, if they knew that this could happen. Now, maybe they would. Maybe, maybe they're the people that are type of like, well, if I don't have anything to hide, what do I care? Um, but people like that do not be even people who say that it's like, you don't even understand what you're saying. That's I the frustrated people who say I have nothing to hide. It's like, you don't even know what your exposure points are. You have no clue. And you certainly don't have any clue what they're going to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. It's like, this is like, oh, I'm, this is, these are the people who talk to the police. I'm going to talk to the police. I have nothing to hide. I'm innocent. I'm the police. The police just are confused. I'm going to clear things up. This is all misunderstanding. Please no, don't. I hear you. It makes defense attorneys' lives hard. Certainly. Please, please stop thinking this. You don't. Well, you don't understand what your exposure is. In fact, the police might not even understand what your exposure is at the time they're asking the questions, because they they don't necessarily know. At the time, they honestly don't. At the time, they're asking the question, what you're going to say or what that might in, entail in someone's mind at some point down the road. It's yeah, like I just you, want to you have on, no clue what your exposure points are. I just want to comment on this from Zachocracy real quick. Um, yes, you can get tracked from your cell phone in general. One of the things we saw in that article is that for the most part, we've got a process for that now. We actually have to go get a warrant to ask for it um, from, from Google or from Apple. And this is the workaround. This is the data going through a software app out to those app owners, back to a broker, back to law enforcement through this fog service. Um, so this is this is different. The, the very nature of this is not requiring a warrant at all. Um, and that's what's yeah. that's what's that's what's getting it in an Associated Press article. <laughs> um, but uh, yes. Uh, all right. So let's look at uh, just we have just a couple of super chats Then we can wish everybody out on there. Nine o'clock here on the east here. Nicholas says, don't tell the Catholic Church that discord exists. Fair enough. They could get outright uh, outraged. Certainly. Roxanne says if a Keffels was using discord for Catboy Ranch to get kids hormones without their parents knowledge, is it really a fair a far right app? I don't think they were accusing it of being a far-right app. The rest of this sentence I don't recognize, Roxanne. I apologize. Um, but uh, I guess they might have been... 
they were more it was more it was not as political from the daily telegraph at least as i read it as uh oh those kids are being corrupted so it's political in kind of a conservative sense of uh oh this this thing that you don't know about is corrupting our kids um but i don't know that they were describing discord as a far-right app i certainly wouldn't um so thank you for the super chat uh, Maxime, any thoughts on privacy laws like GDPR in the U.S.? Press was going crazy on the EU for killing business opportunities at the time. The GDPR is arguably the this is known to cause cancer uh, in California of the data privacy laws, um, nice. which is to say it's not well targeted, in my opinion, um, and it's costing a lot of money to comply with or to try to comply with. And I, I would question whether it's doing any good. I would, I would question whether people have any greater understanding of what their data is doing or whether it's constraining these companies in any reasonable request. And the fact that the internet is global makes it so that even my tiny entrepreneurial companies that put up a website at least have to consider whether they go through an extra step of figuring out what GDPR compliance is. And, and you know, a lot of the advice winds up being, you know, you want to be transparent and honest in these kinds of things. And, um, we could potentially copy over like the GDPR requires you to copy over one of the articles um, and like put it in, in front of people. I, this is going to vary by lawyer, by person, by everything else. I don't think it's a very effective piece of legislation um, for what it deigns to do. Kurt, do you have any feelings on it? I'm not well uh, informed enough to have an opinion. So I'll okay. defer to yours. Yeah. I, and I, like I said, reasonable minds can differ on this stuff, right? I, I, I obviously just covering this. I think that Thinking about data, how these companies collect it, what they do with it is worthwhile um, and maybe even worth regulating. Uh, I don't know that the GDPR does what it claims to do on the tin. Um, and hopefully these things can continue to be refined and, and rethought uh, because this is law goes slowly is not just a bad thing. It's that it takes a long time to kind of do the patch notes uh, for laws and figure out what actually is effective. Yeah. Um, and so I we've think really, we've, we've released a new patch. Yeah. I, I well, like that. I like well, that sometimes they, they don't fix the old code. Right. And then nobody's yeah. documenting it properly. It becomes a whole thing. Uh, but patch yeah. 863. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, I always love the federal register. I, my, my favorite thing, oh, you can look at the footnotes in the federal register and they're all like, well, this cross-reference in this technology statute uh, talks about uh, regulation of geriatric wards in uh, veterans' hospitals. So we think they meant this section. <laughs> you know, like there's so many of those. That isn't that isn't related to this topic or uh, this sentence is obviously there should have been a not here. It's like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> they're humans, uh, but that is the code of the country, as it were. And so... Uh, without those footnotes, a lot of more stuff would be collapsing. In any event, that's how I feel about the GDPR. Thank you, everybody who's been supporting uh, the channel and hanging out with us this morning. I really, really appreciate it. Kurt, Uncivil Law, check him out. Like, subscribe. What do you got going on today and uh, the rest of the week? Well, let's see what's going on on my channel today because there's always things going on, on my channel, lots of fun content. I think we're going to cover this article dealing with the fog thing in some more detail at some point sure. later today because that sounds fun. And I was just taking a quick look to see what video I can release. So oh, you, have, you already have one in the kitty? That might, I uh, always might have apply. so many in the can. Let's right. see what we got. Mm, I think... Let's release the one about the new law, legal license. So this is a proposal, I believe, in Nevada. Okay. Uh, which would allow 
non-lawyers, paralegals, to practice law in family law. And so they want to do that. And I'm like, I don't know about all that, but, you know. That's a story. So I will release that, in fact, right now. All right. It's going up right now. You can go check it out after this video if you are interested. Thank you again, Kurt, for being on this morning. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on. I'm going to leave as a question mark whether I do a Hangouts tomorrow. It's Wednesday. Technically, I have to gauge exactly how the family does after the first day of school. Uh, but I might do one because I did take yesterday off. Or it might be Wednesday's off, as it often is here on the channel. Uh, and then you can look forward to Hangouts on Thursday, Friday, Lawyers and Dragons on Saturday, BitCast on Sunday. And the cycle repeats. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic Tuesday today. If your Tuesday's already over, I hope it was fantastic. And I will catch you on the next episode of Hangouts, Headlines, Virtual Legality, Lords and Dragons, or anything else. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon.